the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is possible to raise your child in the ways of the Lord. Where you dedicate that child to the Lord and you recognize that God was the one who gave you that child and you set that child apart and you raise that child to the glory of God. That is possible. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Pastor Dudley is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses in the greater Los Angeles area at Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Agua Dulce. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment. But first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, you're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We thank you again for joining us tonight. We know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word. Amen. Amen. Oh, so everybody doing good? Everybody doing good? Uh, ho- hope you're enjoying our series. We're preaching through the Bible in a chronological order. The next several weeks, we dive into the, what's called the period of the kings, where the kings rule Israel. The one thing I need you to remember is that Israel started to doubt that God could save them. They wanted to substitute God with the king. And so that's that's this period. If you look in your notes, today's time period is 1105 to 1050 BC which is approximately a 1,000 years before the time of Christ. We're going to look at today uh, 1 Samuel, the first 15 chapters. We're going to cover 15 chapters in this sermon today. Someone say amen to that. And take, take a wild, crazy guess who the main character is in 1 Samuel, the first 15 chapters. Guess who the main character is? Samuel. Give yourselves a hand. Come on, come on, come on. So that's, we give you the four major points of these 15 chapters. So that's the first point. If you have your notes, write down Samuel. He's the first, the first thing we're going to look at. Samuel is a prophet and he's also the last of the judges. So he's that transitional guy that gets us from the judges into the kings. 
He was born to a mother. His mother's name was Hannah. Do we have any women here? Any woman here named Hannah? Any Hannahs here? Hannah was, she was what we call a barren woman. She was childless. She could not conceive. And so she goes to the place of worship at the tabernacle, and she begins to cry. She's crying out to God. And she's crying so hard, people think she's drunk. She's, she's had too much wine. She's, she's acting that crazy, but she's that desperate to have a child. So there's a priest named Eli who sees this woman and goes over, hey, what's wrong with you? Oh, uh, nothing's wrong. I'm just, I, I want to have a baby, and, and I'm, I'm crying out to God. And he could see how desperate she was or how sincere she was, I should say. And so he begins to pray over her, and guess what happens? She gets pregnant. And so as soon as she gets pregnant, she knows. She knows that this child is from the Lord. She knows that. You can't talk her out of that. She knows this child belongs to God. Now, if you have your Bible, raise your Bible. I want to see it. And turn to 1 Samuel. I want you to see what this woman does with this child. This is Hannah. Verse 22. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 22. Right in the middle of that verse. Hannah did not go. She says to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord. Now watch what she says. And he will live there, what? Always. She's not only going to dedicate this baby, she's going to say he's going to grow up there in the tabernacle, which is what, what our version of church would be. Verse 23. Husband, here's what the husband says. You know, you can't argue with your wife. How many of you know that? Can't do it. You know, I don't even know why you guys try, because you, you cannot argue with them. He says in verse 23, do what seems best to you. Oh, that's a good husband. How many think that's a good husband? That is a good husband. Her husband told her, stay here until you've weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Verse 24. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord as Shiloh. And when they had slaughtered the bull, they brought that boy to Eli. That's the, that's the priest that had prayed for Hannah to get pregnant. Verse 26, and she said to Eli, as surely as you live, my Lord, I am that woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. Verse 27, she said, I prayed, I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now, now watch what she does. She goes, now I give him to the what? She knows that God 
gave her that boy and now she's back at the place of worship and she says, I now give him back to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. May God bless the reading of his words. You may be seated. Oh, that's a good story. It is possible to raise your child in the ways of the Lord. Where you dedicate that child to the Lord and you recognize that God was the one who gave you that child and you set that child apart and you raise that child to the glory of God. That is possible. Friday night in this room We had a baby dedication service, and we dedicated 87 babies, 87 in here. It was chaos. (laughs) Babies screaming and doing what babies do, and parents trying to settle them down, and and, I mean, the whole room was full of them, and and, uh, they, they each got a Bible. The godparents were here, and the grandparents were here pictures and we had them stand you should have seen they were dressed up these little babies they were so cute i want to take them all home i want to take them all home we reached out our hands and we did exactly what hannah did we acknowledged that these children came from god and we're here today to give these children back to you I've told you of my concern for our country and where our country's headed morally. And the only thing that can turn our country around is that somehow we could raise up a generation of young people who would make a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't, I don't know what all the legislatures were doing on the, on the people, the Congress, and the, and the government in our country, but I tell you what, what happened here last night has the possibility of turning this country back around. Because every person, there's got to be, you know, I've got to reach my generation, but those children, you see, they've got to reach their generation, and those parents were here to dedicate themselves, and they were here to dedicate those children to raise them in the ways of God. And the thing that was very unique about last night is they had a special number, and there was a guy on a guitar, and they had a, a kid back here on a little a drum box, and there was a girl over here who was singing, and she was good. And she's 17 years old, and she was my daughter. And I can remember back 17 years ago when we dedicated that little baby And we set her aside, and we looked at her and said, God, you gave us this bundle of joy, and we're going to give her back to you. We're going to raise her in the Lord, and we're going to raise her in the church. And you know, she spends more time here at church than she does at home. She does. And now she's the one singing the worship, and it's it's a 17-year cycle, and now she's the one leading those those younger kids and, 
And who knows, but those children that were dedicated last night will be the future leaders and worship leaders here at the church and may be the ones where the revival finally comes to the United States of America. It's possible. It's possible. And, and I, I got to say this to you. If you're a parent, you're a mom, you're a dad, the only hope you have for your child to turn out right, the only hope you have is if you raise that child in the ways of the Lord. You get that child in church and raise that child in the church. I look all over. I see, I see children over here raised in the church. You've got all kinds of people here raised in the church. It's not, just, it's not just Hannah's boy, Samuel. It's your boy. And I, I cannot believe how many people, they pray and they say, God, I need a child. I get a child. And, oh, Lord, help him be healthy. And, and the baby comes out and it's healthy. And from that week, oh, oh we never see him again. They take the child to Grandma, they take the child to Aunt Mary and Uncle Joe, and they take them to Disneyland, they take them to a vacation house, and they take them to the leg, and they take them to vacation, they take them everywhere. The one place, once you, God gives you that child, you need to bring that child back and say, hey, God, this child belongs here. That's where he belongs on weekends. Some of your children, some of your children don't even know what church is because they, they're never here. You never bring them. Got to raise them in the church. Get them involved in the youth department. Get them involved in the, in the music and the choirs. Take them to summer camp. Make sure they're in the youth basketball leagues. Send them on a short-term mission trip. Make sure they see you reading your Bible. Teach them how to carry their Bible. And I, I'm telling you, put the priority on the spiritual and not the physical in that child's life. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, To train up a child in the way he should go, even when he's old, he will not depart. And that's what Hannah did. And her baby Samuel became God's prophet for the nation of Israel. So that's number one. Number two, write this down. The Ark of the Covenant is captured. Chapters 4, 5, 6, and 7. And I have here in my little box up here a little copy of what the Ark of the Covenant could have looked like. This sits on my desk. I leave this on my desk. And it was a gold box, and inside the box it has a copy. I know you can't see this, but it's a copy of the Ten Commandments. It's got the Ten Commandments in here. Uh-huh. There's two, there's two tablets. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can't get all Ten Commandments on one tablet. You've got to have two tablets. And, and it, you have the jar, the, the jar there. And, and then you have Aaron's rod that had budded. And this box, this gold box, the Ark of the Covenant, they kept this inside the Holy of Holies, and it represented uh, the presence of God. This, this was the presence of God. And the Philistines stole it. They stole it, captured it. And you know all those movies, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, they've been looking for this. It's in my office, right on my desk. That's where it is. It's right in there on my desk. All right. So just next, whoever's making that movie, send them up here to the church. I've got it right here. So the the, the Israelites go to war with the, the Philistines and they lose, uh, and, and so the Philistines they steal this thing. Now the Philistines own God because this is the presence of God, and they take it. And they put it, they've got a temple called the Temple of Dagon. It's the false god. It's temple, big, this big false 
temple and they take the Ark of the Covenant and they stick it inside their temple. Now, the god Dagon, I've got a picture of it, okay? And uh, he's half man and he's half fish. How many of you have ever heard of a mermaid? Raise your hand. They actually called Dagon, this is true, I'm not making this up, they called him a mer, a merman. Called him a merman. That's what he was. It was the god of fertility. They take the Ark of the Covenant, they take it inside the temple of Dagon, right next, right next to Dagon. They get it all situated, and they go home for the night. And the next morning, they go into the temple, and Dagon is laying face down over on the floor. And they can't explain that. How did that happen? So they work all morning long, and they get Dagon, and they put him back up on his stand next to the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, that's better. And they go to bed, and somehow during the night, they can't explain it. They wake up the next morning, Dagon's laying on his face again. And this keeps going on for days. Okay. The second thing that happens besides Dagon laying on his face, all the people in the Philistines, they start to grow tumors all over their bodies. Not just a couple of Philistines, all the Philistines. They're all grown tumors. And after about seven months of that, it would take me about two days. After about seven months, they go, we got to get rid of the Ark of the Covenant. Let's send it back. And when they send it back, they say, well, we just can't give it back to We got to give a gift along with it because we took it. We got to give it back. Got to have a gift. And so the Bible says they took gold and they formed five golden, not nuggets, five golden tumors. They took tumors and they took gold and that's what a tumor looks like. And they made gold and they fashioned a tumor, five of them. And then they made five rats out of gold, a gold rat, five of them. You say, preacher, you're making this up. It's in the Bible. And they gave back the Ark of the Covenant and they gave back the five golden tumors and the five golden rats and they made peace with Israel. That's in chapters 4, 5, 6, and 7. And then we come to point number 3. Write this down. Israel asked for a human king. They asked for a human king. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 8. I want to read through this. 1 Samuel chapter 8. How many of you are glad you came to church tonight? Oh yeah, church is good. Church is always good. 1 Samuel 8, verse 6. When they said, the people, Israel, give us a king to lead us, this displeased who? Samuel. Now, why would that displease Samuel? Because Samuel was a man of God. And he knew that the nation of Israel needed to only follow, they didn't need a king, they only needed to worship God. Not the prophet, 
They needed to worship God. And the people also were saying, we don't need God, we want a king. And so it broke Samuel's heart. And so he prayed, Samuel prayed to the Lord. Verse 7, and the Lord answered Samuel and said, Samuel, listen, I want you to listen to all that the people are saying to you. And God knew what was going on. He was saying, it's not you that they have rejected. It's not your teaching. It's not your leadership that they have rejected. They have rejected me as their what? King. You see, that's what they're doing. God was supposed to be their king, and they, want, they don't want to worship God. They don't want God to be in charge. They need, they need a king. Now, what's, now, we all know that a king puts his pants on one leg at a time. He's a human. So verse 8, here's God, God speaking. As they have done before the day I brought them up out of Egypt. Now again, this is all one long story. That's what I want you to see, that the Bible is all one long story. As they have done from the, from the first day that I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are now doing this to you. Verse, verse 9 now listen to them, but Samuel, I want you to warn them. Everyone say the word warn. I want you to warn the people solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them is going to do to them. Because this is what kings do. And you just need to let them know. So I'm going to read through this as quickly as I can. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. Verse 14. He said, this is what the king who will reign over you will do. He will take your sons and he will serve uh, with his chariots and horses and they will run in front of the king's chariot. Some he will assign to commanders of thousands and commanders of, of fifties and others to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. Verse 13. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. Verse 15. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his uh, officials and his attendants. Your men servants and your maid servants and the best of your cattle and the donkeys he will take for his own use. Now look at verse 17. He will take a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves will become his what? His slaves. In verse 18, when that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, and the Lord will not answer you in that day. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. As you can tell from his message tonight, Pastor Dudley has a driving passion to talk about Jesus everywhere he goes and with everyone he meets. So often, a person has never heard the life-changing message of the gospel, or perhaps they, at one time, experienced the transformation that is only possible through Jesus Christ, but now they're discouraged or in need of hope. If that is you, we invite you to reach out to us right now and let us pray with you. Our toll-free number is easy to remember. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. 
we have prayer counselors standing by and ready to take your call. If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at the same time here on KKLA as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.